0: Peace and prosperity is my first salute to you. I'm Merton Clark and welcome to the Word of Truth Revealed podcast. It is my desire to build you up to increase your spiritual stamina and tenacity, to empower effectiveness and help you discover your purpose. Enjoy this vibrant and dynamic message. I feel a peace in my soul. I believe I have a message for the hour and uh, I want to explain some things about this moment and this time. I'll come back to that the Israelites stopped along on their way after coming out of Egypt. uh, The 17th chapter, they just crossed the Red Sea. This is within the first three months of their deliverance, of their salvation, as it were. And they get to a place called Rephidim, but there's no water there. This is a rest stop, just like if you were on your way to uh, Atlanta and you uh, were here on the east coast of Florida, you decided to take the turnpike, so you would hit I-95 and then go to 528 and go west. And you would stick with 528 west until you get to Orlando, past the airport on your left, and then you'll see when you get close to Orange Blossom Trail, you'll see a a, an exit ramp so you can get onto the turnpike. You would take the turnpike north west until it takes you to I-75 and then there's a straight shot on I-75 until you get up into Georgia uh, past Tifton, Georgia. <laughs> and then past Tifton you will go into Macon and you're almost in Atlanta. The ATL where the players play and you ride on those things like every day what things are you riding on we'll get that's another message people are riding on things in the atl we want to make sure you understand uh, that there are rest areas along the way and if you ever had to take a potty or you ever had to get some refreshments you need rest areas As they're on their way to the promised land, they stop at referendum, this rest area, this station, but there is no water to drink. Like you and I, as we're moving toward the promise of God, we'll find ourselves at a type of referendum, a place where we should be able to rest, but there's no water at the rest area. I'll come back to that in a moment. The body of Christ, the body universal, the Catholic body, not Catholic Church, the universal body of Christ, and this local fellowship, this local body of Christ, has just entered into a new epic, epic, a new era, a new season. We've stepped into a new period, a new time. I believe and I speak prophetically, not saying that the message is prophetically, but right now I speak, I'm not saying the message is prophetic, but we're in a prophetic season. It is the dawn of a brand new day. It should be filled with much enthusiasm. (laughs) We should be excited about this new day, this new epic, this new season, this new period should be full of enthusiasm, full of z- zest and zeal, full of God-given desire. But on the contrary, many of us are filled with fear. We're filled with uncertainty. Even doubt and unbelief has creeped in because of the thirst, because there is no refreshment near. We've even began to get discouraged where courage leaks from our vessel, even misunderstood. When people should be standing with the truth, (laughs) they're missing in action because of a misunderstanding. Faith is misplaced and you don't know what you will do until you get to a referendum in your life. You don't know what can come out of you until a legitimate need is missing because our behavior is always shaped by legitimate need. Thank you, God. I believe that information should inform your decisions. Uh, Some people just react to situations, but your information and your maturity should inform your decisions. But your behavior is tied to need. And some of us are misplaced. Some of us are perplexed. There's perplexity and confusion that's flooding us. And we understand that confusion is tied to the demonic. But Satan is the author of confusion. And he's working in these systems and during this time to bring people to a place of fear And to get us from really receiving what God would have for us to do. Some of us feel abandoned. Uh, We are interconnected more now than ever before in human history. Uh, We can talk to people and play games with folk from different continents. Uh, You can you can you can PlayStation four or five. Maybe they got a seven now. Uh, And talk to people and play with people that all around the world and we're more we're more interconnected that way But we feel more abandoned and isolated than ever before Again, this is a brand new season. We sing a song here at the church. It's a new season. It's a new day a Fresh anointing fresh move of God Is coming my way. Do you feel that? Well, you got to pick things up by faith. If it was only left up to what we see, none of us would be here. But we are serving a God that we can't see. And the just, the justified shall live by faith. Let's talk about this prophetic season. The reason why it's a prophetic season is because of the number 20. Uh, 20 years ago, this month, we dedicated this particular facility we actually dedicated it on a Sunday night, the sixteenth of July, and I remember it so well. I remember I had very, very little gray hair. I was a little larger. I was fine, but I was a little larger at the time. I I I, I had a strut in my step, uh, bright and beautiful, dark and pleasant. Like a chocolate bar. Mr. Goodbar. 20 years ago, I had some zest and zeal. Glory to God. And this message is tied to that. Notice on the 16th of July, 20 years ago. Where were you 20 years ago? On the 16th or the 19th. Of July 2000. What were you doing. During the month of July. What state. Did you live in. Well God several times in my life. Especially when we first started the church. Our church was five years old. When we purchased this facility. The Lord spoke to me specifically and say said, I'm going to give you this particular building, and it's a gate. We're at the the eastern gate on Palm Bay Road. We actually own uh, two pieces of property. We own this property and the old credit union across the street, which means the the ministry uh, is a gate now, and if you want to come through Palm Bay Road, you got to go through the gate. There are thousands of people that travel along this highway, uh, and they have to see uh, come through this property and they have to see our signs. and I'm saying and decree and declaring that this is a gate. This is a type of Bethel for our city. Glory to God. And uh, uh, I believe the Lord is showing me some things that twenty years ago, uh, actually twenty five years ago, I took a shofar's horn, And went to the corner of R.J. Conlin and U.S. One. And I blew the trumpet. As my former leader used to say, I blew the bugle. (laughs) And I blew the bugle. I blew the shofar's horn. And announced to the principalities and the powers, even then, to COVID-19, that you can't have no rest here. And we announced that our church will be launched where were you 25 years ago because I believe that in the supernatural that God allowed you to hear the sound glory to God or that horn and God began to shift people based on the sound and the announcement that we're stepping into a new season then that he wanted you to make some transitions in your life you may not have understood it But he brought us all through all kinds of issues to this present moment because he wanted us to connect with a vibration or a voice and a purpose and for us to pursue that purpose in the world today. And so here we go. 20 years we dedicated this facility in the month of July. and The Lord just brought me back. He brought me back on Friday to let me know that we're in a prophetic season. And 20 is very important to God. Let's talk about the prophetic season that we're in. The number 20 uh, in the Bible symbolizes, please write it down, the cycle of completeness. The cycles of completeness. That there's something that God has been working out over the last 20 years. I know he's been working it out on me. I used to be Mr. Goodbar, but now I walk a little slower. Got a lot more wisdom now though. Hallelujah. A lot more courage. A lot more uh, understanding about the purpose of God. Cycles of completeness. It also represents. It's not uh, so widely used there. But uh, people need to connect with these things as well. The number 20. Is associated with a trial. With a trial. A period of waiting. Waiting period of waiting and if it is successfully completed you'll see the reward the reward comes so 20 represents a trial it also represents a period that God sometimes takes his people through and if you're successful in the waiting successful in serving while you wait and complete it successfully the reward is generous and full of God's love and his grace and mercy And I'm here to tell you that God is sending some love your way, and God is sending some mercy your way, and God is generosity. His generosity is being released upon your life. If you're connected, you can expect God to send forth some generosity. Hallelujah. Anybody need a little generosity? I need a little generosity. Lord, please, thank you for a little generosity. Thank you for your grace and your mercy in my life. Not only for me, but for my offspring, for my prodigy, those that that you've given to me. Lord, I thank you that you're not taking me across the finish line. I'm preaching to somebody by myself, but you're thinking about my children. Not only in the natural, but you're thinking about my children in the spirit. Come on, little children. I wish that you sin not, but if you sin, little children... You have an advocate with the Father, Jesus Christ, the righteous. Come on, little children. I suffer. Glory to God with you. I I walk with you. I talk with you. The Lord will say to you, but I'm sending some generosity your way. Open up and receive it in the name of Jesus. I receive in Jesus' name. I receive in Jesus name you passed the trial test you passed the period of waiting the test there and now because you've been successful in the waiting you can expect God to renew your strength and remount you up like wings of an eagle and have you to fly above the circumstance and have you to soar above I believe I can fly above it I believe I can get beyond it I believe I can do it in Jesus name Jacob waited for 20 years for Rachel and for Leah. He waited for 20 years for his property to be released from his rogue father-in-law. Jacob was a trickster. <laughs> his mama had a little bit in her tomb because she actually showed him how to get the birth right. Disguise yourself. (laughs) She gave him the wisdom. And then her brother was even a worse trickster. And when Jacob got tied up with him, it took him 20 years to get unloosed and released from his father-in-law's clutches. Solomon had another 20-year cycle. It took him 20 years, seven years to build the temple, not because um, it took seven years. God allowed him to go through the process of building for seven years because seven is the number of completion. And then he took another 13 years to build his own palace. Over a 20 year period, Solomon was building the house of God and God allowed him to build his own house. Glory to God. A man by the name of Jabin in Canaan. uh, King was oppressing Israel for 20 years. And God raised up a Deborah and a Barak. And used Deborah and Barak to manage the release of his people from trouble. You'll find it in the book of Judges. God told Abraham Abraham. That if he uh, were to find at least 20 righteous people in Sodom and Gomorrah, then he would save the city. Man, it must be an indictment on America today. If I can find 20, I believe I can stop. God says I can stop COVID in its tracks. Help us, Jesus. Glory to God. I know that's a slap in the face, but I'm just putting it out there. Where are the righteous ones? That number 20 can stop a plague. That number 20, glory to God, can stop a virus. That number 20, if there were 20 in two cities, God would have stayed the hands of the avenger to cure and to heal Sodom and Gomorrah. Here's some more uh, facts about the number 20. Samson judged Israel for 20 years. You'll find that in Judges chapter 15, verses 20, and chapter 16, verses 31. Strength judged for 20 years. Glory to God. Wisdom judged for 20 years. Building God's house and building. His own palace. Deborah and Barack went through trials for 20 years. And I know you want to give up on God because you've been going through something for six months. But don't give up on God. You got a lot more in you. You can endure this. No temptation temptation has taken you. But such that is common to man. God is faithful. He won't suffer you to go through stuff that you can't handle. But we will with the test make a way of escape. You need to put your hand on your shoulder and say, look over your shoulders, honey. Ooh, God is there. God is there. Just call his name and he'll show up in your life. I'm preaching. I'm preaching. Look over your shoulders, honey. God is there. The number 20 is very important and our church has been here for 20 years and the Lord out of this vice told me to prophesy and to speak to you about some things he's intending to do. Glory, hallelujah. I know you're focused on car insurance and you're focused on health insurance and we're focused and we should be on a disease or a virus, but focus right now on God. You don't you give up on God because God will not give up on you. He's able to do what no other power can do. Thank you, God. Joseph was sold into slavery with 20 shekels. Because the Enemy walked along and gave his brothers 20 sickles. They sold their brother into slavery. It's amazing to me that Judas betrayed Jesus for the same amount. Betrayal can also be tied to 20. I'm preaching to somebody who just went through it. And you want to give up. Yeah, they, they, they are family members and they sold you. They are family members and they hurt you. But don't you give up. Family members are allowed another nation to put shackles on your feet and march you all the way into slavery. But God says, I see everything they did to you. I'm about to send deliverance your way. Hallelujah glory to God thank you Jesus thank you Lord if you're taking notes redemption is also tied to 20. The number 20 represents the redemption of all humanity from the law of sin and death redemption for all humanity over the law for being under the law of sin and death through the cross of Jesus Christ, over 2,000 years ago, this work was completed. And so, because of what Jesus did, I can preach this message. Because of what Christ did over 2,000 years ago, I can preach redemption to you. And we're stepping into a season where we need to start preaching the cross not just prophesying about the next season of what's going to happen around the world, but right now it's time to preach Jesus and him crucified. People need to know that if this life comes to an end, we have a house not built with hands. If this earthly tabernacle be dissolved, I have a building not made with hands. Can somebody say amen? And if you only put your hope in America and only put your hope in this life the scripture says if there's no resurrection then we're men most miserable but i'm here to give you some good news that jesus saves i want to employ preachers and pastors to stop preaching just stuff let's preach redemption take me to the king well how do i get to the king without the cross it was at the cross that i first saw the light and the burden of my heart rolled away. It was there by faith I received my sight. Now I'm happy. <laughs> I'm happy all the day. <laughs> Sometimes you wonder how the devil tried to put you under, but God brought you out anyway. And there's some times where you have to uh, in the devil's face and say, you thought you had me, but God was just testing me. And after I'm going through my test, I shall come forth as pure gold. Hallelujah. Glory to God. The number 20 represents redemption. And we need to start looking at the 20 people that God wants us to get saved. Further, the number 20 also relates to dreams. There are 28 dreams in the Bible. Where God used it, recorded in the scripture, that are very significant. The king of Egypt, Abimelech, maybe he wasn't the king of Egypt, but Abimelech is warned not to touch Sarah through a dream. A lot of people are having dreams about prosperity, but God will give you a dream about what not to do and where not to go and who not to associate with or who not to become intimate with. I can't get no help on that one. Because the dream world today, we have dreams about who we get connected with or who subliminally, subliminally we want to get connected with. But there is a dream of Abimelech. And it is a warning not to go into the chambers of some people, lest a curse is released to you. Ah. Go ahead and let that soak. And then Jacob had a dream of a ladder that was extended from the heavens to the earth. A transporter, as you will, with angels ascending and descending. And he called that place Bethel. And many of us need a dream that opens us up to return back to God. During this pandemic, many of us have drifted away from God. But the Holy Spirit is calling us back to Jesus. Glory to God. And Jacob here again, he's a dreamer. No wonder his son, Joseph, is able to interpret dreams. But Jacob had another dream. Jacob had a dream that God gave him while he was going through his 20 years of bondage. Sitting under the tyranny of his father-in-law Laban. He had a dream that God told Jacob. Do not mix your prosperity with this man. Keep it distinct. Because eventually I'm going to draw you out of here. Glory to God. And many of us are going into business With folk that God never intended you to go into business with forever. You got a covenant with them and that God didn't want you to go into covenant. It's just the season that you're in. You need the wisdom of God. I'm preaching better than you're saying amen. Hallelujah. Some people are so tied to their employer. They can't see nothing else. God may want to break forth in you so much. And have you to make three, four times as much as you did with your employer. Let me just prophesy to some of you in the name of the Lord. Jesus, God is about to open you up. God is about to open you up and break the fear cycle in your life where you felt like all only your employer can help you. And God took that away because he's trying to get some ideas, some creative ideas to you so he can open you up. Hallelujah. And when he separate you from your employer, which is a type of labor, you're going to prosper in the land that he gives you. Your herds, your flock, your resources are all going to grow as you begin to trust in the Lord. You won't be able to just give God a 10%. You'll give him 20%. And your 80% will be 5, 10, 15 times more than you had with your 1%. I'm preaching better than you're saying amen. I pray that I am on the other end of this message. I must be preaching to myself. There's some stuff that God is about to release in my life. And I'm sitting in the pew and preaching this message at the same time. It's me. It's me. It's me, O oh Lord, standing in the need of prayer. Not just my mother. Not just my father. But me, O oh Lord. Standing in the need of a Blessing. Of some gratitude, some grace that you're sending, some generosity. Hallelujah. Glory to God. In a dream, here's another one Jacob is a dreamer. In a dream, he is to ask to leave Laban. He was instructed to ask. He is asked to leave Laban. It's time for you to get up and go. Notice he left labor and he didn't leave his family. Because some people try to get slick on me when I preach about this. Yeah, it's time for me to divorce that man. (laughs) I didn't say that. I said it's time for you to start thinking about something else as it relates to employment. Don't leave your family. I said don't leave your family. Hold on and don't let go. Leave labor though. Leave the trickster. Leave the one that works tricks in your life got you tied up. Leave witchcraft. Leave mental controls. Leave spiritual abuse. Leave the one that lies. And God will restore everything that they stole from you. Glory to God. Here's another one. Laban even had a dream. He's warned in a dream not to harm Joseph. Genesis 31 and 24. He's warned in a dream not to harm Joseph. Let's look at it. Genesis 31. And 24 then God came to Laban in a dream at night and said to him be careful not to say anything to Jacob either good or bad notice Jacob carries in him. The one that's going to sustain him and his name is Joseph. I don't want you to even speak to him wrong because I don't want you to disturb that little one there named Joseph. And some people think God has to call your name before he's dealing with you. When God calls your father, he's calling you. Hallelujah. Have you noticed that when a person is married, we pronounce... For this first time, I pronounce Mr. and Mrs. Merton Lamar Clark, not Mr. Merton and Mrs. Nanette Clark. It's Miss and Mi- Mr. and Mrs. Merton Lamar Clark, because when you're married, that woman is a part of you. And when God told Labor not to even speak negatively to Jacob. He's saying I don't want you to harm Joseph. Glory, hallelujah. Glory to God. And God is talking to some people about getting their hands off of your descendants. I'm decreeing it and declaring it. He may be talking to a judge that needs to give your child a break right now. Glory to God! Thank you, Jesus. He's talking to a gunman. Don't you shoot at that one. All of these these gunmen that are shooting in major cities here to tell you it's going to spread out of the city and start hitting these smaller suburbs and some of these smaller locations around the country. It's already happening. But God is speaking in a dream to some of these gunmen. Don't touch that one. Hallelujah. Thank you, Jesus. God is sending angels now to curb the onslaught of the enemy in your neighborhood. Right now, take a moment and ask God to preserve your line. God, touch Omar. Touch Megan. Touch Isaiah. In Jesus' name. You need to do the same for yours. Call their name out. God is sending angels to them now. Glory, hallelujah. And the one that Laban could not harm. He was young and tender. He had a dream that his brothers bowed to him. He also had another dream that his brothers, their sheaves gave homings to him. So not only did God touch Joseph, Jacob, he also touched his son Joseph. And over the years, Joseph began to interpret dreams. Not only was he a dreamer, but he interpreted the dream of the butler and the baker while he was in prison. And some of you don't understand the season that you're in. God hasn't released you from the shackles, but he made you, he gifted you to do what he wanted you to do while in the dungeon. You can feel it. Your hair is growing longer in wisdom. Your faith muscle is getting bigger. Getting a little darker, but God is making you sweet like sweet blackberries. They used to say: the blacker the berry, the sweeter the juice. And I'm glad for John Lewis. I'm glad for John Lewis. He said, I took the billy club. Then God put some stuff in him called redemption and forgiveness where he's able to forgive the Klansmen who beat him down. He's an example of what God can do in a life. Hallelujah. If you go through the struggle successfully. If you want people to bow To you, if you want people to give homage to you or when you elevate, you got to learn how to go through some things. Glory to God. Joseph comes out of the dungeon. I see why God told Laban, be careful how you speak to his father, because I don't want Joseph disturbed. I've already preordained some trials for the lad, but right now he's impressionable and I don't want you to hurt him. Because in a few years, he's going to stand before Pharaoh. And when Pharaoh had his dreams, it was Zophnoph, Paneah, who was able to interpret the dreams. And in one hour, he was elevated to the highest position in the land. And I can go on and on and let you know, even Nebuchadnezzar had a dream and Daniel had a dream. And then Joseph, the father of Jesus, had a dream. Take the lad out of the land of Israel and go into Egypt. Hallelujah. Because Herod seeks for his life. But I need to move on and I need to share some things with you before we close about where we are as a church. Exodus 17. Exodus 17. Hallelujah. Exodus 17 verse 1, the whole Israelite community set out from the desert of, of sin and travel from the place, from place to place that the Lord commanded them. They camped at Rephidim. Now, Rephidim is uh, one of the stations that Israel camped at. They didn't know that in just a few Moments they would be attacked or have to go into war and defend themselves without being trained from a formidable opponent called the Amalekites. And many of us are not ready for the next battle. That's why you need to drink now. That's why you need to know who Jesus is now, because I say it all of the time: there's a lot of people preaching peace and safety but for some reason this modern day prophet hears from the voice of the lord i told our church at the top of the year i feel that there's going to be some rough days Oh, people don't want to hear that oh no i don't need to hear that because everybody telling me i'm going to the next level this is the next level season i'm gonna make more money what happened to the money You need to understand that God is in charge of America. He's shaking the world. He's shaking leaders even now. He's shaking systems even now. He's shaking governments even now. He's shaking the church. And he's going to receive all glory. Your money is coming, but it's coming in due season. Oh, hallelujah. And so they stopped that referendum. Please get that. It's just a station, a post, a rest area. But there was no water there to be found. And in ministry, we got to learn how to deal with legitimate needs. Glory to God. If you need to rest, then rest. But your rest should have water. So if you need to take a seat, take a seat and rest. And your rest should have water. Here at Referdem, there was no water for them to drink. I want you to get that. Think about traveling in the desert and there's no refreshment. Even in church, there are times where you and I can travel with God and find ourselves at Rephidim. You can be doing everything God has called you to do, you lift up hands, there's no moisture. You don't quit on God. Neither do you turn against your leader. This is what happened with the the children of Israel. They were so thirsty, they began to quarrel with their leader. The Bible says they were even ready to stone him, to pick up stones and crush his cranium. That's pretty severe. And I hope none of you are not throwing some stones at me. I know you don't like it when I tighten down on you. I know sometimes you don't like it. You don't like the way I move, but that's all right. Go ahead and take it. There's some passage in the scripture that's not sweet. There's some passages of the scripture that are sour to the taste, but sweet to your soul. Eat it all. Eat the whole roll. Glory to God. You'd rather have the truth about it, right? If the doctor did an MRI and saw something in you, wouldn't you want him to tell you the truth? Versus te- it's going to be all right. Take a Tylenol. You better get the truth. They camped that re- referendum, but there was no water to drink. The scriptures say they begin to quarrel with Moses. Give us water. Give us water. Well, Moses doesn't have the ability to do that. Guess what? He's thirsty too. And a lot of times when you all criticize leadership, you got to understand leadership is going through the same thing. I go through trials as well. Sometimes I don't know if I'm up or down. Sometimes I feel almost level to the ground. But God, who is rich in mercy, elevates me. I've learned that I can't do this on my own. I'm learning how to cast my cares on him for he cares for me. The Bible said they were thirsty. They were thirsty. They were thirsty. Think about it. They were so thirsty. They began to cry to Moses. Moses cried out to God. Look at what the Lord says in verse 5. This is Exodus 17. Verse 5. The Lord answered Moses. Walk on ahead of the people. Now most people believe what he's telling Moses to do. Is to shift in his leadership style. This is what he's telling them to do. To shift in your leadership style. And there is a shift. Even in the way the church is going to operate. For generations to come. Referendum is going to change the way we operate. And this pandemic is going to cause us to shift. In how we communicate. And how we function and relate one to another. It requires for us. To become more personal with our personal relationship. To take responsibility for your personal relationship with God. Thank you Lord. Look what he says. Go on ahead. Walk on ahead of the people. Now before this time Moses was not a uh, leader that would stand up holding the flag. And start walking ahead of the congregation as they move through the wilderness you would have to walk through the congregation to find Moses he did not lead them I said okay I'm going to start walking this way and I want you all to follow me it was the pillar of cloud that led them and Moses is walking with them as they move but at referendum he speaks to him directly and said, I need you to change a leadership style let me prophesy to a few preachers who are still in the family stage of your ministry? Well, you feel like you got the visit, or even your people will leave the church because you didn't visit them when they were sick. I hear it all of the time. I'm ready to leave, Bishop, because nobody came to my house. Nobody called me. I'm not speaking to uh, young believers. We need to do that, but senior leaders feel this way, and that means we need to change. Our leadership style. I heard Bishop McLaughlin said years ago that God is in the business of training us for his absence, not his presence. Great leaders train people to be able to walk with God when you can't stand in the presence of your leader. And if you ever want to lead people, you got to get over the hump of they didn't call me. They didn't reach out to me. Nobody cares for me. You will never be able to lead after referendum if you don't get this straight. Glory to God. I'm preaching to somebody who's in the family stage. And Moses was so tied to the family stage of ministry. It was hard for him to make this transition. Think about it. 40 years away from his mom and dad. Then he decides to go out and uh, to hang out with his people. But he tried to be their deliverer in his own strength. And he kills an Egyptian and has to flee for his life. Another 40 years from his people. 80 years. And now at 80 years old, he's able to be in the midst of them. But God says at referendum, you have to change this leadership style. And I need you to go out ahead of the people. And I'm speaking to people who have been babying family members. Oh, I'm preaching. Babying family members. Grown family. Grown family members. Babying them. It's time now to go out ahead. To shift in your leadership style. It's going to be lonely for you. And it's going to make them feel funny for a season, but then you'll see them grow. In 2003, my mother died suddenly on a Friday. And our entire clan in some way was dependent on her. She always took care of her grandkids. Not only that, she was a community mother. She baked pies and nobody paid her for those pies. Bake cakes, buy the ingredients, bake the cake, bake the pie, they pick them up. I'll give it to you next week, mother Claw. Never drop the money off, Do it, did it over and over again. She took care of a lot of the kids. She should have started her own daycare. She would have made a whole lot more money. But she died on a Friday all of a sudden. And I didn't understand it. I didn't understand why would you take out the best of us? Why would you do something like that, God? Didn't you think about Doris? We had her for 30-some-odd years. Doris is still young and tender. Why wouldn't you leave her for a little while? You never allowed her to see Doris' grandkids, Doris' kids. Why would you do something like that? Those were the questions that went on in my mind, but I kept it silent. And the Lord just really spoke to me. And said, I pulled her out so you all can grow. Glory to God. Hallelujah she was your savior when you get in trouble you can drop off the stuff at mama's house when you needed something done you can drop it off at mama's house and she'll take care of it when you needed somebody to pick it up you can drop it off at mama's house but god says i'm pulling her out because i got something that i need all of you all to grow in and as i pull her out you're going to see the family grow whoo And sometimes when you change your leadership style, it is like that. You feel like you lost somebody. But God does it because there need to be growth. We've got a long journey ahead of us. we got souls that need to be saved. We've got buildings we need to buy. We've got territories we need to seize. We've got to get our kids best college. Hallelujah. And they need to develop their own families. And you're still babying them. You're still trying to fix them. You're still trying to raise up Bob. No, Bob needs to raise himself if he's over 20 God will take care of him now I'm preaching better than you're saying amen glory hallelujah I'm feeling the Holy Ghost on this I haven't even gotten to my punchline yet we may need to camp out at referendum for a little while camp out at referendum because leadership styles, when you don't have water, when there's a pandemic, you have to shift in the way, shift in the way you lead people. You're shifting the way you lead people. Putting your confidence in God. I want you to see Moses carrying babies. Walking with the people. As soon as they get thirsty, he's in the midst of them. He's a the target now. We're going to kill you. You let us out here to die. Moses falls on his knees. God says, I need you to change your leadership style. Glory to God. Walk ahead of the people. Take with you some of the elders. In other words, there should be leaders with you that when you go, they go. Leaders that aren't tied to the voices of people. Leaders who are not trying to tell what the people are saying. You need to shift with the leader. In other words, there's some elders that's supposed to be walking with you. There's some leaders that's supposed to be walking with you. When you make this transition in a family, if God is leading parents to do that, you should have one of the two senior uh, uh, children in the family shifting with you. Glory, hallelujah. In the church, we should have senior leaders shifting with the pastor. If I say we're wearing masks, it shouldn't mean I don't agree with that. I don't agree with that. I don't agree with no mask. I don't agree with all that. We're losing our faith. Shift with the leader. You're not leading anybody. If you were responsible for people and you had that mindset, the whole church would be shut down. You don't have anybody that you're responsible for. But if you're with the leader and they shift, you should shift with the leader. And this is not easy to walk ahead of the people. It's not easy. Because they may not understand. Who do you think you are, Moses? You're not better than us. That's what they say all over the country. But what is God saying to Moses? Go ahead of them. Shift in your leadership style and I will bless you. You run a company, you can't be like the employees. You got to go ahead of them. You got to be the first one there and the last one to leave. I'm preaching better than you saying amen. Their leaders, all they do is people, they gravitate to people who come and affirm them. And then they tell them all of other people's secrets. Wow, wow, that makes you feel good? Well, I'm not a McDonald's trash can. I'm not brown and green and yellow. You can't put all of that trash in me. If you're a leader, you need to lead. Hallelujah. I'm not mad, but I am passionate walk ahead of the people take some elders with you elders are not supposed to come to the pastor to tell them what the people are saying about you the elders are supposed to work with the leader is right here in the text some of you all came from denominations where the elders told the pastor what to do that's not a New Testament church or paradigm take some of the elders with you and Take in your hand your staff. Hopefully the staff doesn't have staff infection. That's people who work with the leader. When he moves, they're supposed to move with him. If he puts out some stuff to change in the leadership style, they're supposed to change with him. And I got to close this. Tell you what I'll do. I'll finish this at 11. Instead of going to the next message. And I'm back next week. Glory, hallelujah. Because some of y'all need to shift. The reason why God let you thirst. And the reason why you're going through it. Or he pulls someone out of your life. Is because you need to shift in your leadership style. It ain't working. You start babying grown folk. As soon as they don't like you. They'll stone you. Change your leadership style. Thank you, Jesus. And take a few elders, take a few elders and your staff, your staff, a leader should be able to lean on his staff in the kingdom. I thank God that God has blessed me with a beautiful staff at Truth Reveal. I'm able to lean on them. And they're able to work with me. They can lean on me too. I tell them all the time, lean on me when you're not strong. I'll be your strength. I'll help you carry on. Oh, it won't be long. I'm going to need my staff to lean on. Just call on me, brother, when you need a hand. We all need somebody to lean on. You just might have a problem. Come on. We all need to lean. Lean on me when you're not strong, and I'll be your friend. And I'll help you carry on. Come on. Oh, it won't be long. I'm going to need somebody to lean. Grab your hands and give him the praise. (laughs) I need somebody to lean on. And at referendum, you'll find out who you can lean on. Well, all I need is to lean on God. You're missing the whole message. No, that's not true. To do God's work, you need partners. As we change our leadership style, there are people that won't be able to make the shift. There are people who are coming on board. We need to go with the shift. That doesn't mean those that didn't go with the shift have lost any value. It just means that not a part of the church's destiny from this time on. Still have value. I bid, bid you Godspeed. But right now we're at referendum. 20 years. 20 years. God is leading me to speak on this. And we're in this season right now, church. You watch what happens after referendum. We're going to enter into the promised land. But refer when you thirst, when you go through trial like this. God has a way of causing leadership styles to shift. And when that happens, he begins to do the unexpected. He told Moses, I need you to go by the rock. I will stand there. And I want you to smite it. Cah! I want you to hit the rock with the staff." Even the staff of a leader has to be willing to collide on behalf of the leader. To strike an issue as an extension of that leader and not feel like you need to apologize for it. God uses the sound to split the rock. When he strikes the rock, the scripture says water comes out. The very thing they need. In other words, God is able to bless you. And to nourish you. And to refresh you in unexpected places. I'll finish it at 11. Unexpected places. The psalmist says he split the rock. And so much water came out of it. It was like the sea. Wow, what a miracle. There's such an abundance on the other side of this transition and I need you to start thinking about it. It's tough now. We're at referendum, but don't let it hit you. Change your leadership style. When you make this move, you're going to see resources come from unexpected places. Father, thank you for your word. I delivered it now. Kingdom now. Healing now. The refreshing now the shift now we will give you praise in jesus name amen amen glory to god it has been a real joy to share the word of god with you a special thank you to those who care for this ministry no amount of financial support is too small it is because of you this ministry is possible To support us, go to our website at truthrevealed.org. If you enjoyed the podcast, please subscribe and share with friends. Be sure to tag us when you share at Trim Nation 1. Thanks again for listening, and until next time, I'll see you at the Word of Truth Revealed.